Did you know that having a positive outlook doesn't have to be toxic to you or to others? Hi, my name is Ken Williams. I'm a certified life coach, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and the host of Untoxic Positivity, a podcast where we learn to be less toxic and more positive. So get curious, stay positive, and come join the conversation. Good morning and welcome to my first episode of my new podcast, which is called Untoxic Positivity. Uh, this came from a couple of things. I'm going to tell you, first of all, just spend a few minutes to tell you what I'm thinking, why I started a podcast, why I started another podcast, and what this is all about. So first of all, um, I have a, another podcast. Uh, you may have heard of it or may have listened to it, especially if you have been referred to this podcast from that podcast. That one is called Chocolate Cake Bites. And that is, uh, I've had that for several months now. It's my uh, really mostly just observations about some of the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. As I said in my intro, I'm a I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that is uh, kind of a, um, a, a summary of my general belief system, and I like finding new ways to consider old ideas. And so that's what Chocolate Cake Bites really has uh, has come from and what it's kind of gone into. Um, a few months ago, about six months ago, actually a little bit more than that, I was talking to my wife and, and she had suggested that uh, I should consider coaching. I have, if you've looked at my LinkedIn profile for years, I have put on my LinkedIn profile that I'm a, I'm a coach. I consider myself a coach. I have for many years. I love the process of coaching, though I have not had a formal job of coach. One of the things that I have discovered about myself is that I absolutely love the experience of helping people find new ways of looking for things. Well, about last summer, which would be the summer of 2021, uh, my sweet wife was talking to me and she had heard about a certification program through a podcast that she was listening to and she suggested that I look into it. I did, it's a life coach school. If you are familiar with um, people like Jody Moore, um, there are others, Caleb, uh, who I met uh, recently. Caleb has a coaching uh, program as well. He also was certified through the life coach school. And so at the same time, um, that she was talking to me about how I may want to consider this, I explored getting a certification. Now, the certification is really an interesting process. Life coaching, uh, coaching in general, there's not a license that's required. That's a, it can be seen as a good thing because anybody can do it. You don't have to have a, an education. And what that means for me is that I can call myself on, on LinkedIn a, a coach. I don't need to have a piece of paper that says, Abracadabra, you're a coach. The bad thing, maybe for me, but maybe for you as well, is that anybody, anybody can say, I'm a coach. And there's no certifying body, there's no licensing body to say this is a good coach or this is a bad coach. And so really 
it's important to do some, some checking, maybe some uh, word-of-mouth testimonials, maybe some referrals and that sort of thing. Make sure that you're going to find somebody, especially if you're looking to uh, hire a coach. Find somebody that is going to resonate with you, somebody that's going to get uh, help you get the results that you want. So anyways, I decided to pursue certification through the Life Coach School. I liked it because I like the, some of the things that I've learned about the school. Jody Moore, I mentioned, is a uh, she's also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She has been certified for a few years, and I liked the things that she was teaching. I liked the way that she was able to integrate the principles of coaching with the principles of the gospel. I did not see that there was a conflict there. I saw that they actually work very well in tandem, and so I pursued that. So why? Um, <laughs> a couple of reasons. Um, number one, um, I have for a long time believed in the process or the principle of coaching. But I also knew that if I hired a coach, that would require some discomfort. And so I really postponed that. <laughs> I decided... I'm not quite sure. I'm really comfortable with my life. And that remains true. I have a life that I really enjoy for the most part. I am very comfortable for the most part. And so there have been times that I've thought, I don't, I don't need a coach. The thing that I'm learning, though, is that's exactly why I need a coach. So let me just share a couple of stories with you. This is just going to be kind of a short introductory episode. I want to... Um, talk through my story a little bit so you can kind of understand what it is that I'm doing, what I, why I got into coaching, and, and maybe um, what it might do for you if it's something that you find resonates with you. So I was having a conversation with a high school friend years and years ago. Um, I was probably in my 40s at the time, which was years and years ago. And so this is a guy that I had a whole lot of respect for. In high school, he was one of the top grade earners. I don't know that he was valedictorian, but he was up there. His grade point average was probably better than mine. He was well-rounded. He was uh, very bright, and he was into the drama club and very successful there. And he was into um, a lot of the, the types of classes that I thought would create success. So after many years of not having contact with him, we reached out with each other, we reconnected on Facebook. And um, as I learned a little bit about what he was up to, I started to feel a little bit inadequate. He was an international banking executive, and he had been in some TV commercials and some, some small productions. And here I was, still trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, working... Um, a mediocre job, depending on the timeline, I, I was either in human resources at a company, but I had just kind of fallen into that, or I was at FedEx, which is um, where I've spent the last 14 years, and was uh, working really below my my uh, potential, and I started feeling really inadequate, that here he was with all of these uh, accolades, as I saw him, and I was comparing his accomplishments to mine. And I've seen other people that I, uh, of my contemporaries from high school, that we've got CFOs and we've got CEOs and we've got people that own businesses and we've got people that are 
doing all sorts of things, and here I am just trying to figure out my own life. What, I, what do I want to be when I grow up? And as we were talking, I got a message from him that shifted the way that I thought. And it was interesting because it didn't shift right away. I wasn't quite sure that he was serious about what he said, but he commented to me after I had kind of given him the rundown of what I was up to. He said, you are so blessed that you were married, and I had been married for many years. It's been 32 years now almost. But you've been married to the same woman. You have five children. You're so blessed. And I had never considered that what I have would be worthy of other people's, um, I don't even know what, what word to put in there, worthy of their, I'm not looking for their, for their jealousy. I'm not looking for their, um, their envy, but I never th- consider the fact that what I have might be enviable. Um, I've had other situations and, and uh, things that it's, it's really easy for me to compare what I know about me, which is, let's face it, we tend to focus on our worst. So I would compare my worst to everybody else's best, because what I see on Sundays at church or what I see on Facebook, Instagram, etc., is the best. Most people aren't posting their worst moments, they're posting their best moments. And that gap is so broad sometimes that it's really easy for me to feel like I'm less than. Well, let me tell you a couple things that I've learned, that I learned through the certification program. This is why I, and I didn't know all this when I started out, but having gone through the program, having done some coaching, um, helping people understand their, uh, their thoughts, here's some things that I learned. First of all, as I was in my my training program, I went and visited my parents, and I had not told them what I was up to. I had not told anybody, really, aside from Marcine. She knew what I was doing. She had really uh, encouraged me. It was, it was uh, very helpful for me to know that she was on my side, but I just wasn't quite sure that I was ready for the questions that I would get. I wasn't quite sure how I would answer the questions. Why? Why are you thinking about being a life coach? What is it about coaching that's such a big deal? Why do people want coaches anyways? And so as I was visiting my parents in, would have been in uh, October, November. No, it was before that. It would have been uh, probably September. And those were the questions that I got. Why? Why do people need coaches? Why do people want coaches? Why do people want to be life coaches? What is the big deal? And I have to admit that the question was really um, not a surprise, but kind of surprising because I wasn't quite sure how to answer it. And so I kind of um, thought on that for for several, well, actually for a couple of days, I sat thinking, why? What, what am I doing? What am I investing all this time for, all this money, trying to hone my skills so that I can coach people? Why? Well, the thing that I learned was... I have noticed that athletes hire coaches. Athletes have coaches. Every athletic team has a coach. Um, Individual athletes, golfers, tennis players, et cetera, they have coaches. And the reason is the coach can see things that the athlete can't see. And as soon as I recognized that, I started to understand why I wanted to be a coach why it's important to have coaches. 
I, as a coach, can see things, I can help you see things that you're blind to. Let me give you an example. This was um, something that happened actually on this trip. As I was making my uh, my plans to go visit my parents, I was um, had had made my plans. I knew exactly what time I wanted to leave my house so that I could get to the airport, so that I could um, park. I could actually park in the FedEx parking lot for free, which is very nice. That adds a little bit of time because I need to wait for the bus to come pick me up, take me over to the terminal. And I knew how long I needed to be there before the flight left. I knew um, all of that. And so I had calculated the time that I needed to leave. Well, this was on a Friday that I left. And the Fridays have typically been a difficult day for me because I work Monday through Thursday, but I work nights. And so on Thursday night, Friday morning, I would just come home when I was done. So it might be noon. And then I was going to sleep for a couple of hours, get up, and I needed to leave. I think I needed to leave the house by 5.15 in the, in the afternoon. Well, I fell asleep and I woke up at 5.30. And so I was a little bit late. I had already packed um, but it wasn't a big deal. That just gave me less of a buffer. I had a couple of phone calls that I had scheduled that afternoon I was going to do at the airport. Well, I put my suitcase in my trunk, and I looked down and realized I was missing my keys. Now, my keys have, there are two parts. I have my car key with the fob, and then attached via a magnet, I have all of my office keys. So for work, I have my office key, I drive a golf cart, so I had my golf cart key, I have a, a locking desk, I had my desk key. All of those keys, gone. They were missing. They were not attached to the magnet. So I retraced my steps. I'm already 15 min minutes late. Started retracing my steps. I went back up to my bedroom where I had packed. Couldn't find the keys on the floor, checked on my bed, couldn't find a bed on the bed. I checked my steps through the house, no keys. Through the garage, no keys. I opened my trunk, rummaged around, no keys. I was starting to get panicky. Marcine came home. She was not very helpful. I asked her, do I figure out where my keys are and miss my flight? Or do I forget about the keys and make my flight? And the panic was growing. It was decision point time. And nobody was making a decision for me. I had to make the decision myself. She had no idea where the keys were. I went through my suitcase, no keys. I decided to bail on the flight and search for my keys. And then I thought, no, that's not going to work for me. So I decided it's now quarter to six. I'm cutting it close. And I, I finally decided, just forget the keys. I'll figure that out. But I was so angry that I'd lost these keys. And then, as I was driving to the airport, I hit traffic. I'm not used to driving to the airport at rush hour. And I hit traffic. And so my 35-minute trip took about an hour and 10 minutes. And so already being late, I was now at the point where I was not going to make the flight. I was panicky. I was angry. And... I had one of these phone calls that I was supposed to, that I had planned to do at the airport. I was going to have time. I was going to be able to peel off away from people, just have a video chat with somebody, one of my coaches that was in the certification program with me. I was going to do a peer coaching session. And so I ended up calling and um, 
<laughs> I was a little bit frantic. I don't have time for this. And I can't find my keys and I'm late for the airport and I'm stuck in traffic. And so my, uh, my peer coach asked me, would you like to do some coaching? And I said, sure. What the heck? And so the, uh, the coaching process, I'll take you through it over some, some uh, future episodes. I'll talk a little bit more about it. But it's very calm. It's very calming. And it's uh, a lot of questions. And so she asked me some questions. What happened? What exactly is a circumstance? And the circumstance is something that's, that's, that can't be changed. It's something that is um, factual. And not factual like it's cold outside, but factual like it's 31 degrees outside. Something that we could all agree on. And so the fact was, I was not going to make it to my flight if, I, if things continued the way that they were. And I didn't know where my keys were. And I didn't know what I was more upset about. We decided to focus on the keys. So over the course of this coaching conversation, she asked me, suppose you can't find them. What's the worst that can happen? And that question stunned me because I had not considered the actual worst thing that could happen. I was acting as if the worst thing was devastating. Well, the keys that I had on that, on that, uh, that keychain, my office key, my desk key, my golf cart key, my house key, and my in-laws house key, those five keys. Uh, there was one other key. I've got a mailbox key that, uh, so six keys. So the worst that could happen when I get back to work on Monday, I have to tell my boss, I lost my keys. That's embarrassing. I could find somebody from security to open up my office, so that's not a problem. I didn't lock my desk, so that's not a problem. My golf cart took almost any key. I could probably use a paper clip to operate my golf cart, so that wasn't a problem. I don't use my house key. I've rekeyed the the um, front door. Actually, I've got um, a, a push code on the front door, so that's not a problem. My in-laws have the same thing, so that's not a problem. So it's my mailbox, which I could probably pay some kind of a fine, get that replaced, and then my office key. Big deal. That is the worst that can happen. As soon as I realized that, I could take, I could take my trip with complete peace because that's the worst that can happen. The, the absolute worst. There's no worse than I tell my boss that I lost my keys and it's a little bit embarrassing. The not worst would be maybe I'll find my keys and then I don't have to go through any of that and all of that energy is wasted. All of that frantic, upset energy, totally wasted. So in that few-minute coaching conversation, I calmed way down. Now, I was still a little bit um, frantic about getting to the airport on time, I made some quick decisions. I, instead of parking in the employee parking lot at FedEx and taking a bus, I had no time to do that. I parked in the, uh, the paid lot. So I was gonna be there for a few days. It cost me $30 or something like that, big deal. Um, I actually got a call from the airline as I was walking into the terminal. Mr. Williams, are you still planning on taking this flight? I said, yes, I am. Well, we're all boarded and waiting for you. So they um, 
fortunately, they held the plane for me. I, I made it just in time, got through security, and it was all, it was fantastic. I spent a few days with my parents without even thinking about the keys because I didn't have to worry about it. Worst case scenario is I can't find them, and I didn't need, I didn't need to spend my time looking. I did, I actually did. My mom asked if I had uh, accidentally put them in my suitcase, and I did not. I'd gone through that. So um, that short conversation totally changed my experience. Nothing changed other than my, my experience, the way that I approached it. And so, um, end of the story, by the way, I came home a few days later, thought, mm, I should just check my truck again. And there they were sitting in the trunk. So they had disconnected, the magnet had disconnected. Um, as I was putting my suitcase into the trunk, they had kind of slipped under some papers. And that's why I didn't find them as I was scrambling and looking earlier. So, why coaching? Why me? Why now? Here's, the, uh, here's what it really boils down to. I was listening to a podcast and heard somebody describe his life as he felt like he had been in the passenger seat of his car, or the passenger seat of his life, I should say. And his life was just going with him. And I realized that's how I felt. I've kind of just been going along for the ride. I have made decision ba decisions based on when I have to make a decision or what feels most comfortable rather than being intentional about what I want to accomplish. And I've decided I'm tired of that. I'm tired of just being coasting in my life. I want to start driving my life. Now, one of the things, and we'll talk more about this in future episodes, but one of the things that that leads to is change. If I'm going to have a different result, then something has to be different, which means there's change, and that is uncomfortable. So we'll address that in future episodes. But that's why I decided to be a coach. That's what I help people do. If you have felt like you are in the passenger seat of your life and you want to step out of the passenger seat and into the driver's seat, then reach out. I'd love to connect with you and find out if, if what I offer is something that would be able to help you. In the meantime, uh, we'll talk about every week or so, we'll talk about things that I'm experiencing. This is new to me, and um, maybe it's new to you too. So if you want to uh, follow along on my journey, see how things are going for me in my life, I would be happy to, to have you follow along. Reach out to me, and um, I'd, love to, uh, I'd love to connect. If you um, check out the link in the show notes, you can reach out to me and, and schedule a time we can talk. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for listening to Untoxic Positivity. If you wouldn't mind, we'd sure appreciate you taking a few minutes to like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. If you like what you've heard and want to know if I can help you get out of the passenger seat and into the driver's seat of your life, please click the link in the show notes to schedule a free consultation. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.